countdown. Three. Well, hey guys, uh, welcome to Develop Yalmond. Welcome to the official podcast of Develop Yalmond, Develop Yalmond Unplugged. We are super, super excited to be here. This has been a project that has been a long time coming. <laughs> and uh, I'm accompanied here by my uh, mother and sister. It's going to be a, a cool program because we're going to talk about how Develop Yalmond started, the basics of Develop Yalmond. For those of you who don't know what Develop Yalmond is, it's a uh, personal development system that takes into account personality theory, but not in a way you've seen before, in the sense that we don't put you in a box, we don't give you a test, uh, you're not limited to any set amount of personalities, but we really explore how different personalities perform better in some stimulus than others, and how we can recharge a battery before we go to uh, an environment that's up optimal for, for us. So uh, we're going to be talking a lot about personality theory uh, Basically, in all our programs, I think, but not limiting the topic to personality uh, theory. We do cover entrepreneurship, we cover uh, relationships, we cover many different things. What, what different things do we cover, Itzel? Yeah, um, really anything that has to do with life. Everything from how do you understand yourself better, how do you maximize your personality, how do you bring out the best in yourself, to also how do you interact with other people, how do you understand where they're coming from because many times we're communicating with other people and they have their set of priorities their way of reacting to the world and processing the world so they're speaking from one place and we receive them from a completely different place so a lot of conflicts misunderstandings and just you know things not going as smoothly as they could happen because of those differences and it's also a self-discovery uh, journey that you will have because Sometimes we adapt ourselves to other environments, to other kind of people, personalities, and we forget about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So here we will invite you to start discovering what is the true you mm -hmm. and developing that. And sorry about my accent. <laughs> I speak many languages and I speak them every day. So it will take some time for me to start adjusting to English. I just came back from Portugal, but I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, so basically what we, we want to do with this program is to have a, a platform where we can connect more with you guys mm -hmm. on a more frequent basis because we do tend to have all kinds of different events all the time, conferences, workshops, things like that. And uh, keeping to a consistent schedule with videos on YouTube has proven to be a bit of a challenge. So now with this, we're forced into a weekly schedule, which yeah. we will... Uh, follow. Yeah. So, yeah, we're super excited. We're super happy. And, uh, yeah, we, as I said, today we're going to give you guys a lot of context, a lot of uh, basics of develop your element, but the programs that follow will be more focused on specific topics. So every week we're going to explore how to deal with certain situations. We're going to talk, some days we're going to talk about business, some days we're going to talk about relationships, and there'll be a theme every week. Yeah. So, well, let's start about the basic, basic tools of develop development. So in develop development, we talk about personalities. We have six different personalities. We call them elements. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we don't limit you to any set amount. We're all a mix of all the personalities. But in different moments, we will find it easier to operate in certain personalities than others. And we do have natural instincts. So 
we try to explore what's our biological personality, first of all, you know, how our brain is wired, how we respond naturally to stimulus, how we uh, basically structure ourselves, organize ourselves, and uh, connect with the world. And then we also talk about the societal, you know, we talk about three states. We talk about the biological state, the societal state, and uh, the um, passion project state. And uh, the societal state is how we go adapting to our culture, our family, our friends. Uh, the people we spend a lot of time with, they influence us mm -hmm. based on their expectations, their feedback. And uh, sometimes it's important to be flexible. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, a generous act to adapt to other people. We have to be empathetic. We have to uh, be flexible. We have to be able to adapt to what's required in the moment. There are moments where, yes, we have to act more extroverted. The moments where we have to act more introverted. And we have to have that flexibility. But we have to remember what's our base and only adapt in key moments and not lose ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because many times we lose ourselves due to insecurities, yeah. due <laughs> to fears, due to judgments. And uh, when we lose ourselves trying to be something we're not, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think we've all been there at some point. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, sometimes we come out of a of a relationship that might have been a bit abusive and, and they haven't been able to value a certain side of us and then we kind of start suppressing that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe uh, we had a teacher that uh, grilled in us that we have to be a certain way to be successful. And in personal development, this is a big problem yeah. that sometimes systems have this one size fits all or this is the route you have to do. They don't contextualize the advice they give. Mm -hmm. And they basically go, oh yeah, for you to be successful in this, you have to be like this. To be a proper entrepreneur, to be a proper this. To, like they make generalizations. I mean, we see it with Instagram posts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, all the time. What type of Instagram posts are there? Like, There's so many like, you know, a real woman is this and a real man is this. And, you know, a real leader is like this. And... You know, I think they're all coming from a good place. You know, it's people that maybe something worked for them and they want to share it with other people. But we're all different. We're all wired differently. We have different instincts. There are different things that are natural for us, that are easy for us. So we have to not use those pieces of advice as sources of self-judgment, which I think is what a lot of us do. We yeah. see those things and we go, oh, I'm not those things. So there's something wrong yeah. with me. Or we define ourselves whether we fit or not, mm -hmm. we immediately give up. Okay, so that's not possible for me, so I'll give up. Mm -hmm. Or job trainings, schools, they all have like their ideas of what is successful, what yeah. is the route to go. Parents too, too. I, I'm, a, I'm your mother <laughs> and I sometimes advise you with what worked for me. Mm -hmm. I was not taking into account your personalities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that's, that's, that's the thing. So that's why when we talk about societal state, we have to be very careful. We have to always think, are we adapting due to generosity, due to this being a more effective strategy in this situation for the desired impact? Like, oh, if I adapt right now, I will communicate more effectively. I will sell more effectively. I will finish this project with more impact. Yes, in that case, then it's good. Don't forget to return to your base, but... You should have that flexibility. But if you're finding yourself being afraid of who you are, yeah. oh, I'm afraid of showing this out of me. I'm afraid of being this way. Oh, no, people have said they, that I'm not funny or people have said that I'm not serious, uh, enough. serious <laughs> enough or people have said that I'm too serious or that I'm too cold or that I'm too this. Like, 
And we have to understand many times the feedback we get is when we are drained. One thing we talk about in developed development is when we are with a high, you know, spirit, battery, state of well-being, etc., we are regenerated. And when we have a low battery, when we are stressed, when we are fatigued, when we are burning out, then we are drained. And many times the same characteristics will receive way more judgment, way more criticism when we are drained because we are not managing our personality in the best way. Yeah. For example, there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance. Mm -hmm. There's a very fine line between charisma and annoyance. There's a very fine line <laughs> between uh, being uh, logical and factual and being uh, critical to a very judgmental degree. And these fine lines really often depend on whether we regenerate or drain. Because when we are drained, we have the flexibility, we have the mental clarity to communicate with precision and use those character traits that we have in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. having your battery up really helps you like when you have your telephone working full of battery, <laughs> then you can, can open do more things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But when your battery is slow, I mean, you're not the nicest person even to yourself. Yeah, no, and that's, I think, an important thing to acknowledge because it's easy to see in other people yeah. when they're drained that they're more frustrating, yeah. they get on our nerves, we're not getting along with them as well during that time, but we ourselves too, when we're drained, we don't have enough mental, emotional clarity to be as generous, be as kind, yeah. be as empathetic with other people, you know? Exactly. And one way that I describe it is the more drained you are, the more desperate you get for the things yeah. that might regenerate you. Yes. So that's why sometimes those same personality traits that are very attractive when we're regenerated can be very unattractive when we're drained because they come from a place of desperation of, I need this because I'm so drained yeah. and I can't think of anything else. I can't focus on anything else. And that's the difference. Yeah, we, we talk about how both a regenerative uh, and a drained state affect our personality and how we utilize our personality. But we also talk about how self-confidence, yeah. uh, self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, and insecurities play a role because yeah. when we are insecure, when we are desperate, when we feel rejected or when we feel misunderstood, when we feel that we're not being heard or taken into account, mm -hmm. uh, a frustration kicks in and then we also start forcing yeah. uh, things. Or maybe we, we s sometimes subconsciously, sometimes uh, consciously, maybe we become more dramatic, more intense, more conflicts and force things and that's a beautiful thing of when you do use personality theory in a positive way you can find ways to achieve your goals without forcing them yeah. and the instinct to force them is very strong when you're <laughs> desperate yeah. Yeah. and many times we also have a, an instinct to force things on others mm -hmm. how many times in our children our uh, siblings, our uh, colleagues, our employees. I mean, uh, as, a, as a business owner myself, I, I understand the instincts of wanting to tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you can do it, why can't you do it? I understand that instinct. Mm -hmm. But we have to override that instinct and understand that different people have different um, instincts, different processes, different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. Uh, different natural abilities and different abilities that they might have to develop. It is called develop your element, so we do talk about developing ourselves. But, I mean, 
it's impressive. I mean, we have here a team with, with several different personalities, and it is very clear how different personalities need different processes. Yeah. And uh, the introverts will need more personal space, more privacy, a little bit more structure, organization, routine. Uh, they need to be able to predict and, and plan their days. Extroverts, they need more liberty to move around, socialize. And we have to give them those liberties, whether it's it's as teachers, as as business leaders, as uh, as couples or whatever. We have to really give those, as we call regenerative spaces, to our the people we live with, work with, because if we do that, they're going to be kinder to us. They're going to be more collaborative. They're going to be more productive. We're going to have less conflict. Yeah. But if we try to force our way of doing things, that's where things go bad. So we have to have empathy. We have to have empathy for different people's processes. And I think that's something that if we look at some of the most successful startups that now, well, are beyond startup scale, but I mean, look at Google, look at Facebook, look exactly. at all these yeah. Silicon yeah. Valley startups. What do they do? Yeah, no, they respect the fact that people have different, what we call regenerative spaces, you know, different things that recharge their batteries. So if somebody is more extroverted and they need to move around, you know, in Google you have these little bicycles on campus that people can <laughs> ride and, you know, different kinds of stimulus in different places. You know, there are places where people can go where it's quiet and peaceful and nobody's going to bother you and you can just disconnect for a while. And there are places where you can play video games or play sports and do something more active. And these things are so important for productivity and it's a shame that uh, not all companies take that into account and schools very much don't take that into account because I know when I don't get my regenerative spaces I'm not productive you know my brain just starts shutting off and I can't no for example yes yesterday we, we, we were working on a lot of things mm -hmm. video ed editing promotions uh, uh, filming I mean we're doing a lot of things the, the, the office was was kind of chaotic and uh, it was very clear that there's some people that need to step out so it was a productive choice to be like, okay, you two, go out, do something. Mm -hmm. uh, go regenerate. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, they could come back and be productive afterwards. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, I understand when you have a very strict kind of deadline, uh, uh, deadline. deadline <laughs> and things like that, you, you have to be smart about things. But uh, sometimes taking a small break will allow you to be more productive yeah. for that sprint. And that's something I learned the hard way in my previous business, in my previous startup. I uh, followed all this advice of, uh, oh, first you have to be kind of successful before you can live the life you want to work hard, work hard, kill yourself, working 24 yeah. seven. <laughs> and the more hours you work, I mean, I, I think even Elon Musk uh, has a very simple equation that if you work more hours, uh, you get things done faster, but it's not that simple, no, the no, equation. No, uh, the reality is sometimes there are hours that are much less productive. And mm -hmm. that's what I realized. Now, if I sit down in front of the computer and I cannot produce content, if I cannot be productive, then I know, okay, it's time to go disconnect, yeah. play a video <laughs> game, watch Netflix, go uh, to a restaurant, go get outside, whatever. But do something to get back on track. And, yeah, and actually, somebody's asking, how do you know if one of the states is trained and is causing us to act not normally? Uh, so it's a very <laughs> relevant question at the moment. Yeah, no, it's very much that. It's when you're realizing, I'm not productive as an as productive as I normally am, or this thing is normally easy for me, but I'm making a lot of mistakes. Oh, I'm not being as kind, or I cannot think clearly. Yeah, like sometimes you'll realize, 
oh, I'm not really listening to the people around me, you know? And that's the thing. When we're very drained, sometimes we do get so focused on our own needs that we stop being aware of other people in other situations. Oh, well, one of my personalities gets regenerating by taking care of people. <laughs> so one of the things I notice is when I want to take care of a lot of people and not really listening to their needs, but just pushing on pushing. them, like, I'm going to help you my way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I know that I, I need to take some time off for myself yeah. because that finesse, that thing that allows me to know when to uh, con uh, be the contribution or help them with food or whatever and when not to is gone when I'm drained so yeah. and I notice that I get more tired afterwards if I'm trying to help somebody and it doesn't give me that boost that it normally gives me there's something there that I'm not doing right so I probably have to take some steps back and start regenerating yeah, no, in a different way I just want to add something to that because she said that I'm not doing right but there are different ways to interpret that, you know, because, oh, you know, you might interpret it as, oh, I'm not helping the right way, so I need to help even more. And I think that's yeah. a strong instinct that the people of that personality have. But no, it's like more along the lines of I'm not really helping from the right place. You know, I'm helping because I feel the need to help someone to feel good about myself, which is very different from this person actually needs help. Yeah, I mean, we also have to be aware how, I mean going into relationships and stuff, sometimes we do things that we tell ourselves are generous act, mm -hmm. and sometimes we do it for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it, when we are kind of drained and we just need that fix, we might force things that aren't really timed right, done in the most generous way, and will not be received in the way that they could be received, right? So uh, what we have to understand is all what we're talking about right now uh, is in kind of general terms, but yeah. depending on your personality, there are mm -hmm. different stimulus that are gonna, you know, recharge your battery. We talk about primarily social stimulus. Extroverts, they need higher social stimulus. Introverts need lower social stimulus and such. Um, but also based on our interests, our goals, our, our likes, our dislikes, um, there are certain activities that are just gonna work for some people and yeah. aren't gonna work for, for other people. And we have to take that into consideration when we, we talk about these things. And um, so moving on uh, to kind of finish what we were starting with, with the three states is we, we also talk about a third state called passion project states. Mm -hmm. And that's when we have so much energy that we lose track of time. We maybe forget to eat. We maybe forget to uh, go to the bathroom. We may, may forget uh, kind of basic stuff and we just have more energy, we have more stamina. And when we have more energy and more stamina, uh, stamina, that gives us the flexibility to do things that are outside of a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the, the, the people we've studied a lot uh, when creating uh, Developed Development was a, is a professor who has taught at Harvard, at Cambridge, at Oxford. I forget which one he's at right now, I think maybe Cambridge. But he won the, uh, the prize of, of best professors three consecutive years at Harvard. Mm -hmm. And he's a very introverted individual. And despite being introverted, in his class he operates in a very extroverted way because logically he understands that his students at 8 a.m. are gonna fall asleep if he doesn't project his voice, if he doesn't make certain jokes, if he doesn't engage his audience. Yeah. So he knows that for that project, because he's passionate about it, because he has a certain goal, mm -hmm. he has to 
adapt himself to what will have most impact. Mm -hmm. And he says the first class in the morning is easy mm-hmm. because he has enough battery because he's passionate. He he couldn't do it normally if it's not something he wasn't passionate about. Yeah. But he says in the afternoon, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Uh, but if he goes during the lunch hour to regenerate, in, in his terms, he, he, he talks about, you know, going to the office, sometimes locking himself into the bathroom, going for a walk alone, just reducing social stimulus. He can be extroverted and charismatic in the afternoon mm-hmm. with no problem. But if he uh, succumbs to kind of the peer pressure to go have lunch with his peers or with his students, then he, his social battery just isn't really uh, up. up <laughs> it, it's strained. <laughs> it, exactly. it, it doesn't allow him to, to be as extroverted in, in the afternoon. Yeah. And... Uh, this is the cool thing that sometimes, uh, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people and worked with a lot of people who say, say things like, oh, I will never achieve this. I'll never be able to do this. I, I won't be able to do public speaking. Um, no, no, a lot of introverts, too, they come to develop your element wanting to change the fact that they're introverts. Yeah. Um, and what we look at is, okay, it's not about changing the fact that you're an introvert. Being an introvert is really great. There are a lot of things that are going to be e- easier and more natural for you as an introvert than it would be for extroverts the same way vice versa but it's about how do you regenerate how do you get the right level of stimulus so that you have enough battery to do the extroverted things when you need to. No, I, I just came back as i said i just came back from portugal and one of my clients was saying that she was sabotaging herself and she couldn't find out what was wrong and when i when she started describing her life i realized oh she has one of these, one of the elements of her personality is an element that requires a lot of space and a lot of quiet time. So what happens? She has problems in her family. She goes to work. She does therapy. And when she arrives to, to her place, she prays that nobody will come so she will have time <laughs> in <laughs> silence to process her thoughts. And she's like, oh, this is my oasis. Nobody should invade it. Yeah. And I say, with that energy, nobody will arrive. So you have to find how to regenerate that part so you are not pushing your clients away. Because when she is regenerated, she is very successful. Mm-hmm. But she has been having some family issues and she started having this pattern where nobody arrives. And of course, she's so trained she doesn't she pushes people away without noticing yeah. her body language the, uh, her stamina everything is saying you're not welcome here yeah. you know uh so that's how it works when you're regenerated uh you don't sabotage yourself because you are being the best of you and when you have a passion project on top of that yeah that boosts your battery so you can deal with anything and Go outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to add uh, one thing that was mentioned was introverts, right? And one thing that I want to distinguish uh, uh, between is introversion and shyness. Yeah. So introversion is the need for less social stimulus. Mm-hmm. And in uh, shyness is fear of judgment, really. Mm-hmm. And even a person like me, I'm naturally more extroverted. My, my primary personality is, is, is an extroverted personality. Mm-hmm. And... I will say there are times where my insecurities creep in and I act like an introvert in terms of like what we associate with introverts. And uh, often we mistake the two and think, oh, well, it's the same thing. No. Introversion is an asset. It's something valuable. It's part of your personality. If you use it right, it's great. If you use it badly, then sure, you, you can use any personality in a productive or counterproductive way. But 
shyness is something that we all can overcome. So yeah. for me and my kind of romantic life, I suffered a lot from shyness, fear of rejection. I could not go up to a girl and, and, and flirt or anything like that. I couldn't express desire or interest because I was afraid of offending and afraid of uh, being rejected and uh, afraid of making anyone uncomfortable. So, I mean, I actually started dating very, very late, uh, not because of any beliefs that kind of consciously were holding me back. It was my insecurities, yeah. my fears that meant that in some contexts I would freeze. Yeah. And a lot of people find that surprising because they see me in other environments and it's like, ooh, very charismatic, very talkative, very extroverted, mm -hmm. uh, no problem making friends. But in those certain environments, it has been very hard. Now I've been able to uh, overcome a lot of those insecurities and and I'm I mean much better now but it is a continuous process yeah. and different people have different areas where they will freeze where they will feel insecure where they will feel shyness mm -hmm. even the most extroverted person can feel yeah. that sometimes extroverts are just more impulsive and then they <laughs> act before they think and then they punish themselves afterwards but sometimes they freeze yeah. and uh, so so don't conclude that extroverts are more confident mm -hmm. that's that's a very big myth that a lot and that was think. a big mistake that i made um you know growing up as siblings seeing you so extroverted and charming and with lots of friends and then me being an introvert being someone who naturally likes my space yeah. i started associating these things as oh he's just better socially he's more confident he has better social skills he knows how to live in this world and i don't and i grew up with this mentality that, that i developed over time that if it comes to social things probably other people are right and i'm wrong because i just would get so nervous shy anxious in social situations that i would say the wrong thing or not be able to speak and then i would punish myself and judge myself late afterwards and it would go on and went on for pretty much most of my life yeah. um so yeah like i was convinced that oh, extroverts have no problems. Like, they're just so confident. We have no problems. <laughs> nope, they no. know what to do. They're born with the natural instincts of how to live in this world, and they have it all good and easy. Um, and realizing that the people, even the people close to me that I really respected and admired, who seem to be very confident extroverts, even they have insecurities. Yeah. You know, and I think most people have some kind of insecurities in some area of their life. Yeah, no, no, we, we have to... Be careful not to have the mentality that, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, Really, we have to understand that there are a lot of things that we do naturally that are very easy for us that we don't value. Yeah. And uh, it's much easier to, to value something that's hard for us. Yeah. So for I had the opposite. I had <laughs> the, the fact that, oh, everything that was uh, that's academic, it's easier for my sister. She got straight A's. I was all over the place. I used my personality <laughs> and charisma to win the teachers. And I did, like, when I did assignments, I did them very well, but I didn't do them all. And uh, if I didn't like the assignment, I, I, I mean, I was inconsistent in school. And, I mean, the consistency in which she performed in school is like, I always felt, I can't do that. I, uh, the, that's impossible for me. And... Uh, that's because when we compare ourselves to people who have different personalities, who have different interests, who have different abilities, it's very, very easy to make 
certain well to, to come to certain conclusions about ourselves and say oh we can't do this we can't do that yeah. uh, and I did that myself as well so maybe in the social side not as much but in 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 kind of the, the academic side I punished myself a lot for many years I mean yeah. Uh, and I come from a family of, of, of academics. <laughs> so uh, when you come from a family of academics and you're kind of the only one who doesn't perform well in academia, that, that, that's, a, that, that, that's a, a challenge. So, But I can tell you, I come from academia. I used to teach English. And I speak with an accent. I make mistakes because I'm constantly speaking many languages. And I do have that insecurity mm -hmm. that even if I have spoken and published and taught in very good universities all over the world mm -hmm. and English-speaking countries, I still sometimes freeze when somebody criticizes my accent. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have our insecurities, yeah. no matter whether you have a PhD or not <laughs> in the subject. Uh, I mean, that's another great point. One thing we talk a lot about in, in development is this thing of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Where, ooh, uh, when I have this diploma, when I have this certificate, when I have uh, this amount of fans, when I have uh, this validation from someone or somewhere or some entity of whatever. It's like, then I will be happy. Then I'll feel successful. But if I don't have those, I'm a failure. And many people, even with those things, still feel like a failure. Oh, no, no, I that's mean. the thing. Most people <laughs> yeah. feel like a failure. No with matter them. how many you collect. I have mm -hmm. uh, clients that have 100 diplomas mm -hmm. and they yeah. don't use them because they are always thinking they are wrong and there's the next thing that will probably give them that confidence. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely a process that we make external when it has to be internal. We have to really confront our insecurities and look at them. Because if not, yeah, we can keep collecting all these external symbols of validation, of status, of success. But if internally we're still insecure, we're still going to go to bed at night and stress over, oh my God, one of these days is going to end. I've just had a lucky streak and one of these days they're going to find out I'm a fraud and it's oh all yeah. going to end. Oh yeah, you wake up with cold sweat thinking yeah. somebody will find out that I really don't speak English even if I have all these diplomas, right? And you're like, what? I mean, it makes no sense. But that's the fear that sometimes can drive you crazy and stop you in your tracks from creating more. No, yeah. I, and the thing is, many people who are successful have found success in areas where maybe it was easy for them because mm -hmm. they maybe picked a field that that was 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 a very smooth route, and then they don't value it, and then they yeah. think they are fraud, and it's like. When are they going to find out that I actually don't know what I'm doing? Because we all, well, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of people feel like, oh, we're kind of winging it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and in a way we are. I mean, so uh, sure. I mean, uh, th there is a lot of winging. You, you have to uh, be flexible. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to do things. I mean, there, if you don't act when an opportunity is presented to you, then that opportunity might take a while before a similar one shows up. So sometimes mm -hmm. you have to act in opportunities where it's like, Wow, like the other, the other, I, I have this tendency to say the other day when it was like six months ago. So <laughs> about six months ago, I, I, I spoke uh, on stage in front of an audience with 500 people live, uh, full house, uh, thousands of people watching online from all over the world. But it was in Spanish and uh, my Spanish is not, uh, not as good as my English and I had insecurities. So I was shaking yeah. when I went on, on stage and I was like, <gasps> and I had actually canceled. I'd been invited to many similar events for, for the years leading up. And I had kind of made excuses to not face that fear. But 
at a certain point, there has to be that decision that the goal is more important than the fear. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in that uncomfortable situation. Because if you're not being rejected, if you're not being judged, if you're not failing miserably in certain moments, you're not innovating enough. Mm -hmm. You're not stepping out of your comfort zone. So there has to be that realization that rejection is good, failure is good, because most of the best startups, most of the most successful people have a long history of failure and rejection. In Hollywood, how many times do you have to get rejected before you get a role. Yeah. Uh, how many startups ha- or startup founders start with one idea and then they pivot? The idea of pivoting is a huge part of the conversation in Silicon Valley. Yeah. I mean, this is a pivot from our previous business. We, did a, we, we created a social network for personal development where other coaches, instructors, uh, authors, uh, professors would put their books, their videos, and people would review them and share them and things like that. And this project was born from all the problems we had in that business, yeah. <laughs> from all the conflicts we had from different personalities on the team. Um, and also when we did that, we realized how much content is out there that's not really valuable. And we were like, I think we can share something valuable, bring something fresh to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Failure, rejection, realizing that something isn't working, but then not stopping, not giving up, not Mm -hmm. uh, turning it into a knockout, but deciding, okay, I'm just going to take this experience and I'm going to use that to fuel me, to drive me to step out of my comfort zone. And yes, Mm -hmm. when you start a step out of your comfort zone, regenerate before, prepare, practice, develop your skills, and then you're going to have more ease, but Mm -hmm. be willing to fail. Yeah, and also be aware that no matter how much you hide, how m- small you make your life, there will be always haters. There will be always people that will yeah. criticize you, yeah. and especially people that will dump their insecurities, their fears onto you, whether yeah. trying to advise you to become a better person so you're not like them, mm. or they don't want to face their own problems, mm-hmm. so they will dump them onto you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, oh. No, I, I th- we might be saying the same thing, but a lot of the criticism and judgments we get from other people come from something they might be insecure about. Uh, it's judgments they might have received or it's something that they not aren't willing to confront or to look at and then they're projecting it at us. Because sometimes when we're doing our thing, we trigger other people's insecurities. Yeah. No, I mean, the two things that we have to talk about when we talk about receiving judgments, receiving hate, uh, one thing is, yes, people that aren't happy themselves with their situation are more likely to be negative, to be critical, to be uh, kind of more intense with their feedback. And, I mean, you see it in school, how many bullies don't have problems at home with maybe their parents or violence in the home or something, or uh, they have their own insecurities and it's kind of their way to deal with with their insecurities. Mm -hmm. But there's another conversation that must be had. Uh, context. Yeah. Uh, many times when we get advice from people, when we or we when we give advice, we don't really have full. We don't contextualize things enough. So, mm-hmm. what does this mean? It's very easy to come to a quick judgment, quick.
quick conclusion without trying to understand why someone is doing what they're doing mm-hmm. the way they're doing it. Yeah. It's very easy to compare it to what we already know, very easy to kind of draw from past experiences and be like, oh, this is the same, instead of really contextualize this individual situation. Yeah. Uh, so both when we give advice, we have to ask questions, try to understand who's this person, what personality does this person have, what goals does this person have, mm-hmm. what uh, stage are they in their lives, what situation, are they drained, are they regenerated? Mm-hmm. What, like, Try to understand the situation before going straight into the, the judgment, straight into kind of providing feedback, because many times we kind of mean well, and if we don't have the context, we're not going to give the right advice. And yeah. if we don't uh, take into consideration their needs, mm-hmm. their expectations, and their personality, we might be... Doing the uh, giving the wrong advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I and mean, I cannot give you the same advice because your personalities are so different. Yeah, and that's why I had to learn since uh, at one point uh, while you were growing up, I could not advise you the same way I would advise Yannick because mm-hmm. you are such an introvert. Mm-hmm. So I had to do something, and my personality would like to protect you. Uh, <laughs> but how do I? bring the best of you, um, uh, 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 and how do I give you that context for you to also start realizing that you are brilliant? Uh, When you had this brother that shined and was always charismatic (laughs) and followed by everybody and making money very early on, uh, and you have to learn to do that, and you have to start taking into account the different personalities. Yeah, it's... It's such a big problem, this thing of wanting to give advice based on what worked for you, or even as an entrepreneur. For example, I remember when I started my first business, I wanted to be the next Steve Jobs. I wanted to be the next Bill Gates. I wanted to be the next Elon Musk. I wanted to be the next great in the sense that you want to learn from the greats. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can learn a lot of things. I've learned from all the greats. I've learned certain things that work for me, but I've also learned certain things that don't work for me. And I mean... We have to find the route that works for us because many times the ones that are successful, the ones that find their strategy, their route, their main differentiator. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We have to find what makes us different. And we it's sometimes hard to value that and mm-hmm. hi- hard to see that. But we have to m- be careful not to generalize, oh, it worked for him, so it has to work for us. And I've worked with a lot of people who are like, see, like this is what they do at Facebook. This is what they do. And yes, sometimes it's great. Give that context. Give that information. Uh, but it's this works for them, but it will also work in this situation because of this. Not just because it worked for them will it work for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some things that work for them will not work for us. And mm-hmm. we have experimented with a lot of things. And we've seen some things that we do are very different from everyone else and some things that we do are very similar. So just don't conclude that there's only one route to success Mm -hmm. and don't conclude that what worked for you worked for for someone else because there are people who are maybe too hardworking. Like, how do I word this in a way that it gets communicated right? For example, if there's a person who is killing themselves on their startup, working 24-7, not sleeping pushing, pushing, pushing to the point of burnout, they need different advice than someone who starts a business and maybe they have no idea where they're going and they're slacking all day. And sure, they both want to be entrepreneurs, but they need totally different advice. (laughs) So we can't just be like, oh, to be a great entrepreneur, you have to do this. Um, 
if someone moves very fast, you might have to tell them to slow down a little bit and check the details. Mm -hmm. If someone moves too slow, you might have to tell them speed up, be willing to take some risk, be willing to fail. So we have to have that flexibility in mm -hmm. when we give advice, but when we take time to understand the context, we can give much better advice. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. And, and also receive better advice. If mm -hmm. we take the time to give context, if someone is giving you advice, take the time to explain to them why you're in the situation you are, how you got there, where you're going, what instincts you have, and then they'll be able to give better advice than if mm -hmm. you just be like, I'm screwed. Yeah. And we'll just <laughs> fix it for me. Right? No, and also sometimes understanding the context of the person who's giving you advice can be very helpful. Because sometimes there are people in our lives that we feel like they're just criticizing us all the time. And in their case, that might be the way in which they show, hey, I care I about care you. About you. Yeah. I value you. I think you're Absolutely. doing a good job. So I want to push you to do better. And, you know, there are a lot of people that when they believe in somebody, they want to push that person more or critique that person more. And if that's not your instinct and your personality, that can be really tough because you feel like you're always under a microscope and being criticized a lot. So knowing where somebody's coming from when they're giving you advice is so helpful to not feel attacked and take things personally when it's not meant as a personal attack. And something else we have to take into account is those people that support us, those people that are cheering us up, those people that have the kind words sometimes we tend to concentrate on the people that disagree with us, the people that speak louder, and we don't listen to the people that are there for us. Mm -hmm. And I think if we start paying more attention to those, even if they might also be misguided sometimes in their advice, but there are uh, often people that are there next to us and we don't see them because, oh, They love me, so that doesn't count. It's my mom, so it doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And how much are we discounting the people that are there for us and yeah. not listening to the words of encouragement, the words of wisdom, mm -hmm. uh, just noticing that they are by our sides. Whatever they are saying with their uh, voice, also notice what their actions are saying. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, when we talk about receiving advice from people and hearing and processing... Uh, the advice and feedback they give us. I think uh, we have to be very careful with many things. I mean, one, do not diminish the value of the, the, the ones that cheer us on, but also don't uh, go to the other flip side and, and be like, oh, you're too critical, I'm not going to receive your, your feedback mm -hmm. because we can learn a lot from our haters, the people who reject us, the people who, who criticize us a lot of things can be optimized if we take the time to understand what are they really saying. Mm -hmm. And then kind of filter out, okay, so this part of what they're saying, this is their own insecurities, their own thing, that's not even related to me. But this one thing they're saying, so you see, that, that, that's an area of improvement. Yeah. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there are people who naturally are going to be critical a lot with us, mm -hmm. but who actually are critical because they really care about our success. Yeah. And one, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about personalities a little bit more, but there's some very logical, structured, direct personalities without filter that say the things to the point that uh, don't sugarcoat things because mm -hmm. they think it's a disfavor to people to yeah. sugarcoat things. Um, and those people will sound like they're judgmental and critical. It will sound like they're destroying you and cutting you into pieces uh, because they ha maybe have a harder time giving compliments, but they're very good at finding the flaws and everything. Mm -hmm. But many times those people are people who really 
care about you, are cheering you on, and they're kind of trying to help you get to where you want to get. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of protecting. Sometimes it's overprotecting, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's just their natural way of being. And that is something that we have to learn to receive as well without yeah. getting defensive. Because the instinct to get defensive and be like, no, 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 and justify everything mm-hmm. and not listen and not receive mm-hmm. is something we have to uh, uh, work on. Because, yeah. And I know with myself, I get feedback every single day. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're, you're the leader of a project, when you're, you're, you're kind of trying to make decisions in meetings and there are opposing ideas and people are sharing their thoughts. I mean, whenever something becomes kind of critical of certain things, it's very easy to get straight into the defensive, whether it's defending yourself or defending another person. Mm-hmm. And while sometimes, yes, you have to be like, well, maybe you haven't seen it from this angle. Maybe you have, have to understand where this person is coming from and, and contextualize things a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we have to be aware that sometimes by bega- uh, going straight to the defense, mm-hmm. we're going to be throwing away a lot of valuable feedback that can optimize things and And that's when regeneration helps a lot because the more regenerated you are the stronger you are (laughs) to receive all this feedback yeah and the more mental clarity and flexibility you have to understand the context where is it coming from who is it coming from what is behind but if you are very drained it's easier to become Drained and insecure. If you're drained and if you're insecure, Mm -hmm. you're going to reject feedback unless it's pure praise. Mm -hmm. And there are also people who are going to praise you like crazy who are actually behind your back, talk badly about you Mm -hmm. and are really kind of two-faced. So we have to be very careful to really filter all that noise and take time. And when we are regenerated exactly, when we are working our insecurities, it's much easier to filter that noise and also find solutions to problems, find mm-hmm. ways to optimize things, find ways to have more impact and, and uh, less kind of challenges along the way. Because yep. you also fall less for those supposedly kind people that are undermining you yep. if mm-hmm. you are less needy, yep. if you are more regenerated, if you are... M- m- your confidence is up but if you're down that's when you pray for those people that pretend to be your friends and are your worst enemies yeah yeah. no and another thing is also when we're talking about insecurities and praise it can work the other way around too where sometimes when we're insecure we don't receive the compliments and we don't receive the praise because we think oh they're probably just lying to me or they're probably just being nice Uh, are they doing this to to get something out of me yeah yeah, like oh what do you want from me why are you being so nice to me Uh, and that's sort of the flip side of the same coin where many times because we're feeling insecure about something because we have a certain judgment of ourselves if anyone says something positive about it we just don't believe them. We just don't receive it. And it is important to start realizing that a lot of people are genuine when they compliment. Yeah. Not everybody. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of people are being very genuine when they're complimenting us, when they're giving us positive feedback. So at least consider it. You know, like if you're in the middle of that insecurity, it's very easy to be stubborn. But consider it. Like, okay, for like 10 seconds, I'm going to pretend that everyone who said something nice to me today or this week or this year really meant it. What would that mean? Uh, not not to change the the, yeah, yeah. the the direction of the conversation, but there there's a, a someone commenting. Tell us advice for each element, please. So uh, I think it's a good time to get into the conversation of the elements because yeah. we've kind of been talking general terms, kind of mm, trying to 
lead kind of segue into this, mm -hmm. but I think now is a good time to get into the conversation of the different elements we cover in developed development. Yep. So uh, behind me here, we have six elements. We have the electric type, the fiery type, the aquatic type. I should speak closer to the mic. Electric <laughs> type, fiery type, aquatic type, earthly type, airy type, metallic type. Two extroverts, two ambiverts, and two introverts. What does that mean? Extroverts need higher social stimulus, stimulus, more physical movement. Mm -hmm. Ambiverts, they need a medium level of stimulus. They're flexible. They can operate quite well on both sides, but they don't go to the extremes. And introverts, they need lower social stimulus and less physical movement. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I want to add that for ambiverts, it's not so much what they do, but who they do it with. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and if we get started with the extroverts, the first one is the electric type. Uh, the most extroverted, they're people that are generally very youthful, very playful, because they need high stimulus, so novelty, adventures, uh, something that's different, something that's fun, something that's lighthearted. Exciting. That, yeah, are things that really drive electric people. So they're people that you're going to see expressing a lot of ideas, maybe changing a lot. Maybe they have a new hobby every week or a new haircut every week. Uh, it's going to be different change in each individual. But you're going to see them changing a lot. They're quick to make decisions. They're quick to take risks. They're quick to, you know, oh, zip lining, sure, I'll go, uh, without thinking much before they act. But that impulsivity can be a very positive thing when it's used the right way because they meet so many people. They become friends with everybody. Uh, a lot of electric people you'll see, they, oh, yeah, they know a hairdresser. They know an accountant. They know the chef from that restaurant. They know, <laughs> you know the person who works in that TV station. Like They know everybody. They're friends with everybody. They're so comfortable taking risks, meeting new people, getting into new situations. Yeah, and what one thing before we kind of continue along the, we call it an energy scale. It's a progressive scale from most extroverted to most introverted. But one thing I want to mention is, or re uh, reinforce is, we are a mix of all the personalities. Mm -hmm. You will identify yourself with various here mm -hmm. or identify yourself with none. What happens in that case is you might have suppressed something or you might have n no idea who you are mm -hmm. uh, because you might have adapted uh, too much to, to other people's ideas and expectations. Mm -hmm. But really, these are personalities that you can step into and what you want to see is what's most natural, mm -hmm. what fills you with energy when you permit yourself that level of stimulus, that level of, uh, or that type of organization and, and and those environments mm -hmm. and you know just kind of understand we have the flexibility to jump between them and sometimes within the same person we can have an extroverted side and an introverted side yeah. and yeah. that can also be an internal conflict that we kind of talk about so okay yeah. so continue <laughs> yeah um i don't know if i go on but uh yeah like they're very playful people they're very fun light-hearted people uh and sometimes they'll get a lot of criticism of oh, isn't it time to grow up already? Or shouldn't you be focusing on one thing at a time? Because there are people that like to try new things. So they're going to express a lot of ideas. They're going to start a lot of ideas that aren't necessarily intended to be finished or executed, uh, partly just because it's fun. It's regenerative for them to do new and different things. Yeah. Going on to the fire type, they're also very extroverted people, but they're more focused. They're more project-oriented. They're more passionate. They're people that care a lot about having results, yeah. uh, they want to feel like they're progressing. There are people that if they feel like they're stuck and they're not having progress, it's really hard for them. Like yeah. it can be hard for anybody of any personality, but it's especially hard for fiery people. 
Yeah, fiery people are. You you'll see them. They're extroverted, but it, it it's a more mature energy, a m- more mature personality in the sense that they want to be responsible, they want to be productive, they want to, you know, have a certain impact. They want to be leaders. They're not always the best leaders, but they can be great leaders. They have a natural leadership instinct. Mm-hmm. But of course, when they're drained and insecure, they will put people down to make themselves feel better, and they'll do it f- uh, for ego. But when they're regenerated. They can actually inspire people, uplift mm-hmm. people, see the best in people. It, it, I mean, and just kind of have a very positive impact on people because they're naturally very positive, very optimistic, uh, and very have uh, usually have very ambitious ideas. They're mm-hmm. very, very ambitious people. One challenge they suffer from is they kind of like uh, following a carrot on a stick. They're going to be advancing all the time, but they will never be able to stop and celebrate well i don't want to say they'll never be able to but it's it's harder for them to stop and kind of enjoy and kind of eat the carrot it's (laughs) like uh they feel that it's always like the goal is always like this so uh say you're youtuber and you got a hundred thousand fans ah well i have to get to a million let's say you get to a million you have to be 20 million whatever there's always going to be a a, something more ambitious Mm -hmm. and it's always great to have ambition and this is a conversation for another time, but uh, we do talk in development about interconnecting your goals and p- looking at how to kind of celebrate it, the things to give you the fuel to kind of move on. Yeah, and looking at both uh, short term uh, and long term. Sh- yeah, exactly. So, so, so that that's a, conver- a whole conversation for a whole program. But uh, for fire people, that's something that we have to be aware of. That yeah, because they are so driven. Yeah, that that's what moves them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they need to see results. And if they're drained, I mean, and you'll see it. You might have someone in your life, but you might be like this yourself. When things are not f- flowing, when things are not advancing, they'll start forcing it. Yeah. They will start being more intense. They're going to be, be like, you have to do it like this, like this. And they're going to kind of push dominant it. and pushy. Yeah. Whereas when things are flowing, when they're more regenerated, when they're in a better state, they're going to uplift you, inspire you. They'll give you the, like, they'll make you feel like a, a superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's something that, that's kind of, it, it, while both electric people and fire people are extroverts, one is very youthful, playful, uh, and, and one is very ambitious and very um, focused and more mature. And that does not mean that one personality can't have some of the uh, things of the others. It's just kind of what we see most strong, the most strong instincts. Yeah. So electric people, they have ambition too. They're also charismatic. Fire people, they also have kind of playful, playful moment. Yeah. But it's just kind of what's the instinct when they're drained what do they most want yeah. an electric person when they're drained they want adventure they want fun they want to get out of the house <laughs> a fiery person when they're drained they want results they want productivity they will force themselves to work beyond kind of what's logical to keep advancing even if they may know they should disconnect it's like i have to keep advancing yeah so so that's kind of what we we, we talk about so yeah and then we go with the ambiverts that we have aquatic and earth and aquatic are those people that are super connected with people. They have that ability to look deep into your eyes and connect with you. And they are also detail-oriented. I love having aquatic people in my life because they really remember things and they are always taking care of all the small details. I do have some of the fire that goes very strong. And I'm not so good at... Uh, noticing the details so for me aquatic people are amazing yeah and and in the context of aquatic people it's very much social details Uh, these are people that are very much driven by their feelings their emotions 
they seek deep connections with people, with situations, with what they're doing in life. Um, so for them, it's really, really important feeling connected to the people that they love. More important than where they are and what they're doing, it's who they're with. That's the most important thing for aquatic people. So yes, they're going to remember little details. They're going to remember that you said that you like uh, that movie or that you like that Seder, that you like that thing. And they're going to be giving gifts and comments and gestures that are very, very personalized because they're paying so much attention to the people that they love. They're people that if they love you, they'll do almost anything for you. No, no, uh, aquatic people, they, they're the most emotionally expressive, mm -hmm. the most sentimental, uh, most detail-oriented and all this. But it also, I uh, again, as with all of these, when they're drained, when they're insecure, it means more drama, more yeah. conflict. You don't love me, you don't care about me, you don't put, uh, pay attention to me, et cetera, et cetera. They might break up with you to then uh, reunite with you and then kind of... Uh, have that rush and feeling of, ooh, I am loved, and they might cause dramas just to feel loved and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this can happen with all personalities, mm -hmm. but with aquatic people, they just, when they're drained, they need that emotional connection stronger yeah. than anything. So if they're not getting it naturally, they'll force it. Yeah. So the way fire people will force productivity and electric people may be uh, adventure and fun, uh, that's what, uh, with aquatic people, we'll see that. So we have to understand that with aquatic people, if they feel confident if they are regenerated mm -hmm. they will make you feel like the most special person in the world they will connect with you they will collaborate with you they will be generous they will be detail oriented but when they're drained and insecure yeah. then there there'll be more conflict more drama yeah. and things like that and this is the the thing about uh understanding personality theory is every personality when regenerated will have a much more positive impact than yeah. when drained. And when secure and insecure, same story. Yeah, yeah, no, whatever your personality is, when you're drained and insecure, it's very easy to use your personality in a counterproductive way. Yeah. So, you know, an electric person wanting to have fun, joking in the wrong moment and insisting on the joke, sometimes creates a less fun environment. Yeah. Uh, a fiery person trying to push results too much when it's not the moment or the right way or so on, they can be counterproductive. An aquatic person, when they're so desperate for that emotional connection with the people that they love, again, they can end up pushing people away by clinging on too tight. So this is something that we all do in our own way, and it's important to not judge ourselves for that and really realize what's going on. Like, oh, okay, it's that I'm really drained, or maybe I'm feeling insecure, so maybe I'll look at that, maybe yeah. I'll address that, because it's not the be-all and end-all of who I am. Yeah, and one thing that we sometimes do is when we've been rejected or had a big conflict because we were drained, we come to the conclusion that that's just part of our personality, yeah. part of our way of being, and that we have no control over it. Mm -hmm. And we do have and control. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, that's part of my personality, but I can choose to operate from my strength and not operate from my pitfalls if I do certain actions that give me more flexibility, yeah. uh, that give me more energy, more positivity, yeah. etc. And not force those things either, but just find a way to implement those in your life. And yeah. I mean, we will be talking about a lot in uh, in a lot of these programs and how to regenerate, how to recharge your battery, how to overcome insecurities. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So yeah. Okay. Now, and if we move on and we look at the earthly type, uh, they're also ambiverts. And they're people that 
for them, I think the most important thing is comfort and harmony, not just for themselves, but for everyone. There are people that really put other people first <laughs> yeah. a lot. Uh, they're going to be focused on other people's needs. Like, are you hungry? Are you too hot or too cold? What do you need? How can I help you? There are people that love seeing other people happy and comfortable. So they're going to go out of their way to make sure that other people are happy and comfortable. Oh, yeah. For me, being the supportive role, supporting mm -hmm. uh, doing the supporting role it's it fulfills me it really i love it but i have fire too where i want to be the protagonist and the leader uh, but my earthly side is stronger Th that percentage of my personality is stronger and i love love supporting other people and mm -hmm. helping other people yeah it, it's what well, now going into that for for a minute when we have different personalities, we have to be smart about it. I have the same combination of personalities as my mother, just that in my case, fire is dominant mm -hmm. and, and earthly secondary, but almost 50-50 in, in terms of they're both very present. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes what happens is it's like ping pong. I have a period where I'm very fiery, very productive, lots of great results. And then my earthy side is like, okay, I have to go take care of everyone in the family, everyone on the team, and you shine, you go out front, you do yeah. this. I mean, let's film videos with everyone else on the team except me. Uh, uh, and uh, okay, now I'll cancel this to go take care of this family member. I'll do this for, and so, and, and there's really space for all of it, but a little bit of balance is smart. Yeah. I mean, I don't say perfect balance because then you're gonna drain yourself trying to find <laughs> a perfect balance. <laughs> and it is never perfect balance, no. but it just, making sure that there's space for both sides yeah. or uh, in in some cases uh, uh, three personalities that are very dominant give you the uh, self the space and the time to stimulate and regenerate each kind of personality that you really have dominant mm -hmm. in and in you have yeah. to race to the every occasion e yeah. every moment will be different yeah. so using your uh, elements or the elements that conform your personality to your advantage by having them all ready yeah. all recharge yeah. is the key yeah. yeah yeah no and one thing that i want to add when we're talking about earthly people uh, is that they're very sensual people. Oh, yeah. They're people that, you know, soft textures, delicious foods, uh, beautiful clothes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, things that are comfortable, things that are really pleasant to the senses, uh, are things that are very regenerative for earthly people. And they don't always allow themselves those no. things because they're so focused on other people's well-being that they can put themselves last. But, you know, if you're earthly or if you have earthly people in your life, Put a bit of attention to those things, too, because those are things that are really going to help that earthly person be more regenerated, be more calm, more happy, more at peace. Uh, and they won't have the same desperation for trying to help other people. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I said it many times. Develop your element basically saved my life because I was so intense with my fire, the intensity of my fire. And my need to take care of people. I was going all over the world taking care of everybody. Mm -hmm. And I forgot about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't been humble enough, uh, ready enough to go and take a, a, a workshop with Yannick uh, and ask him what's going on in my life, as much as I'm trying to regenerate, I'm not regenerating. <laughs> he said, what about, I have three elements. Uh, I have fire, I have earth, and I have air. Which we haven't mentioned yet. We haven't <laughs> mentioned yet. And he said, Ma, you're regenerated everything but you're, uh, you're earthly. And I was, 
what remind me please <laughs> please let's stop and remind me how do i regenerate my earthly side because i don't know i'm taking care of people and he said yeah but what about taking care of your body what about taking the time i love bathtubs taking uh, some time in the bathtub and doing other things that will regenerate you not only the external part of taking care of everybody else take mm -hmm. care of your body and yourself and i was like oh, that i completely <laughs> forgot and I, I really had an aneurysm. I was really very sick at the time. And it was within weeks of starting to take care of that sensual area of my life mm -hmm. and recognizing it that really, really allowed me to continue doing what I'm doing with excellent health and much more energy. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we burn out if we don't take time to regenerate. Yeah. And regenerating sometimes means stimulating some parts of us that are neglected yeah and because i remember that uh, conversation that it was like i am doing this to regenerate i'm doing this to regenerate yeah so she was stimulating one side of her herself one of her personalities more than the other i mean mm -hmm. the uh so so there was a, a, a disconnect there it's like oh i i am doing regenerative activities but we have to understand that that those activities she didn't really need more of. She needed yeah. different activities. <laughs> yeah, because she was living a lifestyle that was very fiery. Yeah. Her work was very fiery. She was surrounded by a lot of extroverted people too. Yeah. And then she was trying to regenerate her fiery side, yeah. which was already regenerated yeah. by her work. Uh, and it was the earthly side that was getting uh, left uh, out. And I thought with helping everybody, because I that's part of my job, mm -hmm. uh, that would be enough. But I forgot about the helping yourself yeah. helping myself yeah. and and i have to say something it's not part of the conversation but if this is the only program you ever watch so if you're earthly something that really helped me and my children are very good at reminding me is that early people we do things not to get people to receive us or to be thankful yeah they don't do it for praise uh, we don't do it for that but having people that receive us that have gratitude that really advance will recharge our battery mm -hmm. and the people that are constantly complaining that don't have the desire or the ability to be in gratitude will drain you and that i have to keep being reminded yeah. because i naturally want to believe that everybody's nice that everybody's looking for uh, something better and occasionally when i'm with people that are not receiving or they are not grateful i insist more yeah. because i can see that they can get better mm -hmm. and that drains my battery so those two things taking care of myself i had to really the way i explain it in my head is if i'm it's like the oxygen if i put a mask on myself then i will be able to take care of more people and that's the way i I allowed myself to start taking care of myself. Yeah, so so the examples you just mentioned, is, it's a very important example for every type of personality, but for Earthly even more. Yeah. You know, that idea of when you're on plane, if, if suddenly the oxygen levels in the cabin drop, first, the first thing they tell you when you board the plane is first put the mask on yourself and then the people you're taking care of. Yeah. Because if you faint or if you die, you can't help people. Yeah. And sometimes we get into the instinct, and Earthly people are very strong, uh, to help people help people always before helping ourselves but yeah. sometimes helping ourselves allows us to have more resources more abilities more flexibility more stamina more everything to help people yeah. so it's not selfish to take care of yourself i mean mm. look at bill gates right now the 
depending on the day, the richest, second richest or third richest in the world, but uh, really a very rich person who a lot of people probably judged for a long time and look at all the illnesses he's eradicating and all the different generous philanthropic acts that he's doing with really positive effect. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's because he took the time to, you know, increases resources yeah. and i'm not saying be the next bill gates or anything like that or that that's the the the, the route for everyone but i'm saying is sometimes we feel guilty doing things that seem like they're for self-benefit mm -hmm. and we just have to have the ethics the values the morals to not be selfish all the time but yeah. allow ourselves moments of certain acts that in that moment they might be selfish but they allow us to be more generous more yeah. flexible afterwards because when we're drained and insecure we don't have the flexibility but if when we're regenerated we can be more generous much more naturally but well, yeah. let's let's return to to um the energy scale so one last thing i want to add to to the earthly type is they tend to sometimes be overly diplomatic and neutral mm -hmm. and they ha have a hard time making decisions if there's not a unanimous decision yeah and yeah. uh that sometimes can drain everyone on the team. I know because I'm, uh, I have a, an earthy side, and I want everyone to be happy and everyone to to, to agree. And uh, sometimes by trying too much to make everyone happy, things can slow down, and it can have a counterproductive result. Yeah. So sometimes uh, earthy people need to learn to kind of be a little bit more decisive. And again, when they're regenerated and and uh, work on their insecurities. It's easier because earthy people, they don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to yeah. uh, hurt anyone's feelings or invalidate anyone. And so sometimes it, it they take it too far, though. Um, so now moving on to the introverts, uh, we have the airy type and the metallic type. And the airy type is a very uh, observant, very analytical type that requires a lot of personal space because they can uh, end up being overstimulated with these because they have a hard time disconnecting from the environment. Yeah. They really analyze everything, they observe everything, they're really present in every moment, really processing everything. They can be a little kind of soft-spoken at times and kind of did they sometimes have brilliant ideas and solutions <laughs> for every problem that you can imagine, but they don't they don't want to force themselves or impose. So, uh, brilliant minds, but they sometimes Keep Don't to themselves. They keep to themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, and um, I can speak to that because I'm airy myself. And the thing is, we don't like being pushed, invaded, or pressured by other yeah. people. So we don't like pushing, invading other people. Uh, so if you're in the middle of a meeting, whether it's a family or business meeting, and people are arguing and people are throwing out ideas and they're like, no, my idea, no, mine is better. You know, in that moment, airy people tend to kind of sit back and yeah. go, <laughs> are they going to eventually stumble upon this idea that I've had by themselves? Uh, and it can be a challenge sometimes to go, okay, maybe I should actually speak up and maybe I should actually share that idea. Because, um, yeah, in the middle of the pressure, the tension, we don't want to push, we don't want to yell, we don't want to be so intense. But sometimes we have to kind of learn to be. Yeah. Um, and if you have airy people in your life, you ha also have to learn to reduce the pressure sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not ask them in the middle of the fire of, of the meeting, like, hey, what do you think? Uh, but maybe afterwards saying, you know. Yeah, hey, uh, well, one thing that's key with, with, with airy people is they don't respond well to pressure, <laughs> to intensity, <laughs> to urgency. They shut down. Yeah. Uh, however, if you 
reduce the intensity, reduce the pressure, like just say there's there's no stress, there's no worry, everything is good. Even if everything is exploding and falling <laughs> apart, just being like relieving that person, everything is fine, everything's gonna <laughs> be okay, don't worry, we've got it covered. You know, one thing Yenny will say to me is like, don't worry, I have a plan. And I have no idea what the plan is. Sometimes, oh, I, plan. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I even know that he's lying and he doesn't have a plan. Yeah. But the moment he says, don't <laughs> worry, I have a plan, I can say to myself comfortably, okay, if we fuck up, it's his responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds bad, but it's just airy people are so good at putting pressure on themselves and yeah. putting the whole weight of the world onto themselves yeah. That sometimes being able to go, okay, part of this weight is on somebody else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, now I can breathe. Now I can relax. Now I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I, as I mentioned, I have my fire side, but I love when somebody else is shining, <laughs> when somebody else co it goes on front. I'm like, oh, I, have to, I can breathe for a little while. No, and that, that is very much our need from uh, air people that yeah, yeah. somebody else is there someone <laughs> else is in charge they got this i can breathe for yeah. a moment and that doesn't mean we are not supporting and contributing with our ideas but it is nice to delegate somebody <laughs> to be in the life yeah i mean uh, uh, and that's the thing airy people they are introverts mm -hmm. so they sometimes require personal space they yeah. need to disconnect from things but don't mistake that with them being asocial Mm -hmm. Because no. they actually want to feel supported. They want to yeah. feel uh, included. Like included. And that's something that can be very challenging because when I learned that she was an introvert, I needed space for my sister, for example. I'd be like, okay, all the space in the world. And then she would feel <laughs> neglected, ignored. Yeah, and ignored yeah. uh, like, so I learned I had to find this balance between I'm going to give you space but I'm here for you at the same time. Yeah, and I'm going to so include you. Yeah. I'm going to let You're you know invited. what's going on. I'm going to invite you to things, yeah. but it's your choice whether you show yeah. up. Uh, and that's very important with introverts. Though they are not quick in their responses. They are not quick at deciding. So give them time. Prepare yeah. them mentally. Okay, there's going to be this event. Would you like to come? There's going to be... Uh, we will require you to speak up. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, tell them with more than five minutes notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's not spontaneous. No, no the, the, the thing is, uh, and, and this is kind of uh, interesting because extroverts, they tend to think out loud. Mm -hmm. They try to share everything out loud. They tend to be more impulsive. They tend to be very quick at, at and sometimes too quick at doing things. And introverts, they tend to want to analyze structure, plan, find the proper route, and diminish risk and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand this when we are dealing with people of different personalities. Yeah. We have to take time to plan things and organize things a little bit more for the introverts. And we also have to let the, the extroverts move with a certain rhythm and a, a certain s uh, efficiency. And that balance and, uh, can be a challenge to, to find, but over time, you, you, I mean, in any company or any uh, family, or, family group. <laughs> or group dynamic, you will find the balance. Uh, and it's really important that you notice when ex ex extroverts move outside they use yeah. the energy it's not that they have more energy they bring it outside so what does that mean they move more they express themselves more with their body with their faces uh, with the way they dress uh, introverts 
they use the energy inside. Mm -hmm. So the way they dress, the way they move, the way they express themselves with their body, it's it's going to be more reduced. Much, much more reduced. Yeah, and, and, and that doesn't mean they are not working because that's something else that we talk a lot in development. Oh, yeah. In the workplace, sometimes introverts look like they're not being productive for a really long time because they're processing things, they're analyzing it, they're structuring it in their head first before putting it on paper or into physical form or before expressing it outwardly. So, you know, you might see them in the office playing video games for a long time and be like, oh my God, they're not getting anything done, they're not working, but they're working in their head. You know, they're doing something to distract themselves, but they're working in their head until they have it ready, until they're like, okay, I have a solid enough idea of what I'm doing, now I'm gonna execute it. Um, so that's something we have to understand. And also as introverts, understanding that extroverts, they're going to express a lot of ideas that aren't ready no, because they're uh, processing uh, it out loud. Yeah, and that, that, that's uh, in, in my previous business, this is what happened. Uh, and a lot the, of the reason why this was born. Uh, one of my co-founders, very extroverted, full of ideas, electric, two ideas per second, five ideas per second. I mean, really, <laughs> just all the craziest ideas in the world. And then there was a, a very introverted uh, individual, metallic, we'll get into that in a second. Logical, structured, precise, when it speaks up, speaks with precision, has already analyzed and verified that the idea's valuable and, and low risk. So the introvert would panic every time he heard an extroverted idea because it was like, oh my goodness, that's a w I'm working with crazy people. And no, it was just, the extrovert was not really committed to those ideas, was just sharing what popped into his head. Yeah. Whereas an introvert, when they share an idea, they're, they're almost married to that idea. They have taken the time to verify, analyze, study, uh, check everything to be ready mm -hmm. to share it. So if someone of another personality shares a bunch of underdeveloped ideas, they fear the risks, like they think, get, uh, ooh, those are very high risk ideas. And what I had to kind of explain to the introvert on the team is, Actually, the extrovert on the team, he likes sharing a bunch of ideas, but he's not married to any of them. He's just thinking out loud. Yeah, he doesn't take the time <laughs> that you take to verify, analyze, process, and then share. Mm -hmm. So just don't criticize the bad ideas. Just say, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. And then when there's a good idea, like a really good one, help him execute it because he might move on to another idea in no time. So just help him kind of finish that, bring mm -hmm. that to the finish line. And in yeah. the workspace or in a family, look for results. Uh, because some of us are a little slower uh, <laughs> or faster. Uh, see what the results are. Give yeah, yeah. us time. Yeah, exactly. It's you don't want to judge people's process. No. You want to look at okay, what's the end result? Are they getting things done? Because introverts and extroverts can both be counterproductive. They can both yeah. use their regenerative spaces as an escape to avoid things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you will notice over time okay, they're really actually not getting anything done versus, oh, they are getting things done. It just l doesn't look like it for a moment yeah. based on my standards. Yeah, no, uh, and, and that's the thing. Extroverts also need more um, constant uh, connection and appraisal and approving. Like, they, they, they extroverts are social, more social beings, so yeah. they will want to share every idea they have, every success they have. They want to feel that rush, that dopamine rush of, ooh, I, something new, something exciting. Mm -hmm. Whereas introverts, they're more private, so they're not going to share all the things because they don't want all that attention on them because oh, that gonna can be overwhelming. They're going to do a lot of things that you never found out who did it. Yeah. Like, suddenly this is organized and you don't know who did it. Suddenly this problem has gone away and you don't know who did yeah. it. And that's a lot of introverts that 
don't feel the same need to share oh look i did this like yeah. you know they're more like okay now that's done okay i'll go on to another thing and they move very quietly and uh so let's get to the last one the metallic type the metallic type is the most introverted logical structured exact precise to the point personality yeah. and they really like precision yeah. and they can sometimes take that need for precision to an extreme so that it, it they come across as judgmental and critical and yes when they're drained and insecure <laughs> then they're gonna be very judgmental <laughs> and critical in a, in a negative way but when they're regenerated and confident they're gonna provide Yes, critical, but constructive, precise feedback. Yeah. They're going to find the flaws, find how to perfect things. They're really, really good at reviewing work, yeah. at finding ways to optimize and better things yeah. with just an incredible amount of exactitude. Yeah. And they like the routine. Yeah. Uh, that is something that you have to remember. Uh, we've been talking about how spontaneous the, uh, the uh, extroverts are. Metallics love the routine. Routines, yeah. Uh, yeah, for them... Predictability. <laughs> yeah, for them, predictability and routine frees up mental space and mental energy to think about things that are more intellectually profound and that they're personally interested in. Mm -hmm. They're people that like to go deep into ideas, theories. Yeah. Um, and if they have to spend time worrying about where their pants yeah. are or where the blue shoes went... That's going to take away time from analyzing the things that they're passionate about. Yeah, uh, it's it's people who, once they find what works for them, they don't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Which sometimes can be a problem because sometimes that can slow down innovation for them. Uh, but and it for also the team. But it can also improve efficiency. Yeah. So, so again, it's, they it's all about managing your personality for, for more impact. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, metallic types are, are, are very exact, very precise. And sometimes we receive feedback from metallic peoples as the harshest, most uh, destructive thing in the world because they really know how to say things with such exactitude. <laughs> it can, like, cut you. Uh, but and they're very stubborn. Oh, and they're uh, they, stubborn they and insistent. They will even repeat themselves yeah. and kind of reinforce. And you, you know why this was wrong. And you, know what's, uh, and you can see how that was wrong. And the, they'll kind of repeat. No, the thing is, we tend to resist their criticism or yeah. their uh, their feedback because it's so direct and it feels so harsh but the more we resist it the more, the more they're going they, to insist yeah. because they're feeling like you haven't understood me yet you haven't heard me yet so i'm going to say it again and i'm going to say it even more clearly and more directly more precisely yeah. so that maybe you'll understand this time and then it just looks like they're being really stubborn yeah. but they're just w looking for a sign that you heard like exactly. at some point you just have to be able to say Wow, thank you. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I'm going to take it into consideration. You don't have to execute all the advice that you yeah. give, they give you, but show them that you heard it. Show them that you received it. And so that you value it. Yeah. And that you value it because, exactly, many times the instinct is to become defensive mm -hmm. and, s it, depending on your personality, maybe even offended by the feedback you get mm -hmm. by a metallic type. But really, if a metallic type takes the time to provide your feedback, it means they care about you. Yeah. Yeah. It means that they have your back and they really want to see you succeed. Yeah. Because it's illogical for them to waste time giving feedback to someone they don't care about. Yeah. So it's in a very weird way for non-metallic people. <laughs> it's a way of showing love, care, affection, support. Yeah. It's the way they know how to support yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, so we have to learn. And the, the cool thing about personality theory is when you start not learning only who you are, but the people around you are, yeah. you stop forcing your way in them and you start also being able to receive from them without expecting them to do something that is just not natural for them. Yeah. And that's like why businesses, people who take uh, the courses or listen to our uh, uh our YouTube channel, uh, the videos we have in our YouTube channel, their business increase immediately because they start receiving from more people yeah. and yeah. understanding what other people value because sometimes we are so caught up in what we value yeah. Yeah. that we forget what other people value and what they need and what they uh, require. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and many times there's less burnout among staff yeah. because you don't force them to do things that really drain that person and, yeah. and that's kind of something that if, if it's a, uh, as a leader if you can find the activities that stimulate your staff that drive your staff to be more productive more happy and more, be fulfilled, more inspired i mean things are going to flow much better than forcing yeah. them this is the structure this is the routine this is the way you have to do it he can do it so you have to do it i mean there are a lot of people who are like oh learn he's the most uh, productive person learn from him what's he doing it's not that simple. When so. I was teaching in university, my classrooms would be six people or more. Yeah. And having this awareness of all the different combinations and how do they work and how do I stimulate them, was it really made my job so much easier. Yeah, yeah we, we have a comment here uh, from Fernanda saying, this is so important for aquatic people so that they s see that f people function in different ways. Yeah, because many times people, uh, aquatic people, they're emotionally expressive, they have stronger emotional instincts, all the types emotional, but the aquatic types are extra emotional in, 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 in many ways, especially the way they receive and process things. They take decisions based on how they feel more than based on analysis, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so if they receive feedback that makes them feel hurt, that makes them feel uh, criticized too harshly. They're not going to receive it in a very uh, positive emotional way if they're drained or insecure in that moment. Yeah. If they're regenerated, then they might be able to receive it better. Uh, but we really have to learn to receive feedback, connect, communicate, work with other people with other personalities but also their love life will oh increase yeah. <laughs> incredibly when they realize that a metallic person saying those things is their words of love mm -hmm. because uh, aquatic people it's so easy for them to communicate their feelings that they think everybody else can do it and yeah. trust me we can't <laughs> we can't communicate no, like you for most other personality types expressing your emotions is something so vulnerable yeah. And oh, sometimes yeah. so hard to put words to that other personalities don't do it as much. And then an aquatic person can feel like, oh, nobody loves me. But no, they probably love you. They just don't know how to communicate it the same way you do. I'm so cautious sometimes that I will overthink and overthink and overthink <laughs> until somebody gives me a very clear sign that they really, really like me. I don't even cons start considering whether I might be feeling something because I don't want to open that Pandora yeah. box. Yeah. Well, Aquatics, they have just met the person and they already they might express love within <laughs> the first week. It's like, I, I love you. It's like, we just started we just dating, met. we're just exploring <laughs> what well, this we is. We haven't even gone out for coffee sometimes. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, I mean, when we start understanding different personalities and, and whether you do it with, uh, with the way we approach it here at Develop Development or you do it with just simplifying it, introverts, ambiverts, extroverts, 
if you start just respecting that there are differences in people, you're going to oh be more yeah. empa- uh, yeah. empathetic. You're going to be much more generous. You're going to be kinder, more flexible, a better communicator, a better parent, a better leader, yeah. and things get easier. And you have to take into account what you need and what other people need. Start with yourself. Just don't get stuck on that. I yeah. mean, that that's important. Regenerate yourself so you have the flexibility to to connect and understand and and work with other people i mean that that's that's key so anyway i i think it's a good time to kind of wrap up for today mm-hmm. and yeah. and i think next week we'll, we'll get into a little bit more about how to regenerate the different personalities yeah. how to kind of bring out the best in people bring out the best in you bring out the best in others mm-hmm. and kind of explore these things a little bit further so thank you very much for, for everyone you. that made this possible thank you very much to the team behind the yeah. scenes that made <laughs> this possible and uh Thank you very much for all the people who have kind of supported us and helped us get to where we are today because this uh, project started as an experiment to fix things in my my previous business and a lot of the research also to kind of help things between my sister and I that (laughs) have very contrasting personalities and and we never really planned on kind of sharing this with the world but uh, we're happy that. We're, doing we're, we're happy that we're doing it. <laughs> it. It came out of a, you know, this is helping our lives and the people around us so much that we have a responsibility to share it with the world, despite yeah. Yeah. our insecurities and 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 uh, imposter syndrome that might sometimes hold us back. Yeah. But but this podcast, I think, is a, a, an amazing step for us to force ourselves to continuously share this and and stick to a schedule every week uh, yeah. so and let us know what you want we yeah. want to have the conversations you need uh, because we can talk al- about a lot of things we've been doing this for many years yeah. taking it to businesses uh, as Yannick mentioned conferences uh, workshops all over the world so we've seen it we tried it yeah. all over the world yeah. with great success so now we want to share it with everybody because this needs to be known everywhere yeah, yeah i mean it's i mean and, and as we said you know you can use it as as the elements you can use it as as just introverts ambiverts and extroverts but just the basics of understanding different personalities need different things yeah. insecurities overcoming these these sort of things are just basic things that make us more emotionally intelligent yeah. more considerate and more productive so that wraps it up for today thank you very much thank you thank you thank you and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode on Wednesday. Yeah. So same time, same place. <laughs> See, you so we'll see you there. See you there. Have a good one. See you.